Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. As we get uh, going here, I just want to announce a few things. First of all, um, we have uh, probably about once a month now, um, something that we used to do a while ago, we're going to kind of bring it back, Uh, but I got you, John. I got you. John is holding up. Hold it up high, John. Hold it up high. Those are door hangers there that we made. Andrew put a ton of work into that, so we better use them. Andrew's going to get angry. No, um, (laughs) but uh, just a great way for us uh, as far as um, every once in a while after church, just picking a few neighborhoods, and we're not knocking on doors, we're not busting them down, we're not giving a speech, putting them on the doors um, if people are out and about. Just seeing what God kind of does for saying hi, letting people know what you do. If they're like, get out of here, get out. We're not going to argue. But you'll be amazed at sometimes how God's like, all of a sudden conversations happen. People might be looking for a church or just talking about Jesus, things like that. So I'd love for you to participate. We're springing it on you today as far as um, we didn't really announce, but John's going to be going out and Katrina. They're going to be going out today after church. And we try to keep it short. Yeah, like, un- like under an hour or so. It's not like three hours or anything like that, four hours in the sun, but we're going to start implementing this. Just want to give you a heads up, so if you want to join them real quick and then maybe get lunch afterwards, maybe John will pay for your lunch. I don't know how he's feeling today, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how, how the Sunday, we'll see how the, everything goes today. So, But um, yeah, so just talk to them and then we'll give you an announcement when we're doing that. Um, in fact, we had uh, Ken, part of your story, right? Isn't that, is it the door hanger or no? Yeah, we put a door hanger on your door. And uh, that's how uh, Ken came, came here, got baptized, and got married. So if anyone's single and you meet them, be like, hey, I got a story for you. This dude got baptized and met his wife. And they'll be like, oh, my God, I want to come to your church. So, hey, anything that works, all right? So, uh, yeah. Man, that's cool. It's cool to reminisce. Uh, the other thing I want to let you know about is uh, we're going to be talking about the Tijuana Christian Mission today. We have Cindy and Sarah, leaders there. They're right up here, so we're excited about that. But we have a little switcheroo. We told you that we we're going to go down and visit the teens in June, and we lied to you, all right? But we're forgiven, so you can't judge me, all right? Their teens are actually, they're going to be going on their own missions trip. Yeah, so they're going to be going, doing a cool uh, uh, mission. Is it Rosarito? Ensenada. All right, so we'll be in Ensenada. So we'll be praying for them. That's exciting for them, uh, leading that and having the, the teens participate in that. Uh, so we're going to now visit the kids. So if you had a heart for teens and we switch, we need your heart to change to little children. We need it to change. And those of you that are like, I'm children only, and we're doing teens, you're like, no, 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 no. Now we're going to be down with the children. And we're making cheeseburgers for them this time. We brought lasagna last time, so they're going to be in a good mood. So again, you can still sign up for that. Uh, and uh, it's just a great time, and we're going to be explaining more about that ministry today. I think that's all announcements that's going on. Last week at Connection Groups, so just a heads up on that. Did you just cheer the last week like it's been a bad time? <laughs> Yay, finally, it's over. I have to meet with you. No, we'll take, yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll take a one-month break, and then we'll have a little summer session, uh, so just a heads up on that. As we're getting comfortable, uh, just a heads up. We're going to, uh, we'll have this time, and then, um, David, let me know if, if, if there is feedback. I'll just jump to their mic. We'll share one. So just give, give me the sign if, if it gets annoying. Uh, 
Bethany, Grace has already left, but Bethany's taken off for the summer, Young Life Ministry, which reaches high school students and middle school students. Uh, we have a lot of Young Life leaders here. Uh, my son's going to be taken off for a month, uh, but uh, Bethany's leading worship. So we're going to wrap up the service, not in our normal way. We're going to pray for her and pray for Grace too. We skipped, she got out of here before we could get her, but let's pray and just be cognizant of praying for them throughout the summer. These guys are sacrificing work time, money. They're not paid. Uh, not really. I mean, we supported Bethany, um, our church, just so you know, your dollars went to support her to be, be even go to camp. So we're going to pray for her at the end of the service. So I just wanted you to be prepared too, Bethany, so emotionally you can get ready for that. So yeah. <laughs> so that's our, uh, yeah, now you can go wherever you're going. I didn't know if you were leaving, going to another church and then coming back. Um, yeah, you'll see that our, our, um, our brochures are different. Uh, and by the way, every week, just so you know, I want to appreciate can everyone give a hand to Katrina Wilkins right here? Katrina. She serves you guys and loves you guys in ways that you don't know. Simple act of just serving, but folding these every week. So just appreciate that, making sure that we have kind of updated things. So thank you for doing that. This looks awesome. As you guys can see, we're going to be talking about the Tijuana Christian Mission, which we've had the good fortune of um, uh, partnering with. And we found out from the church next door. When we came here... Um, the, uh, the pastor next door, Justin, I immediately reached out to him. I'm like, we've got two churches within like hundred yards. I'm like, is this going to be awkward, bro? And he's like, no. And, uh, and what's cool is their church is totally different as far as same God, but their style is like Justin, even if you have lunch with them, it's like a revival every time you meet with them. Like I, I recommitted to Christ every time I have lunch with them. Like he's, <laughs> he's just a cool dude, but he's pumped on life. And uh, if he wasn't a Christian, you'd be like, you're on something, but it's just Jesus. And so <laughs> their vibe is just different. And I love that because when people kind of come, they see two churches. Sometimes they'll come here. They're like, eh, go there. And we've had people come here. They're like, hey, praise God. But we want it. It's awesome. And so, uh, but they were already partnered going down there. We went along. I've been doing this for uh, almost 30 years. Uh, took youth groups down to Mexico. I've seen a lot of orphanages, seen a lot of ministries. What's tough is sometimes they don't check off all the things as far as really like vibing with how we do things. Sometimes they're so disorganized, you're like, wait, what? What's going on? You know, like that. Or sometimes they're so overly structured. It's like you got a book out a year in advance. I'm like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, but it's finding that middle. And we, it's one of those like, we just walked in. I'm like, oh, this is home. This feels good. And so, um, so I'm excited because we're just at the beginning of this partnership. Uh, and you're going to hear a lot about it. Uh, today, and you can read a lot about it too. So we have everything from um, partnering with them. And when we talk about missions, I don't even view this necessarily as missions because they're the missionaries doing the work as far as bringing in uh, these kids from different circumstances and, um, and teaching them about Jesus. And all that. We're, we're supporting the missionaries. Uh, and when we go down there, just so you know, when you visit, we don't assume like these kids don't know Jesus. I assume they do because they're in a great environment. We're supporting uh, the ministry of that. I mean, again, they're going and doing emissions. So that's kind of the environment. But there's, there's needs as far as relationships, um, just encouragement. I know just sometimes even with some of the leaders, we're not always playing with the kids. We're just talking adult to adult. It's like, oh, it's just nice to talk to people and just talk about Jesus and other things, you know, and things like that. And so it's multifaceted financially. Uh, just so you know, when you give, we take that money and we just give it away. Sometimes you know about it, sometimes you don't. And uh, so we've been able to give um, uh, over $10,000. Uh, and uh, part of that is also the women's 
uh, shelter that's being built. And so uh, just a lot of different facets. They also have child support that we're going to be talking about today also with that. So on stage, uh, I have Sarah here and I have Cindy. And so they are going to, yeah. Let's just start off as far as, um, we'll do two things as far as like, What's kind of main, I know it's one of those things like, what do you do? It's like, take the next 30 minutes, all the things. Kind of the main, you know, key responsibilities and things like that. And then, how did you get here to being in this uh, position, in this ministry? Because it's two very different ways of, of how God did that. So, uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. And again, I'm, my job is to moderate. We're limited on time. So just, you know, I might have to interrupt or help. And I know for some of you that, that you feel like compassion, you're like, oh, he's so mean. He cut off a missionary. He's going to hell. You're like, you know, no, I'm not. It's part of my job. And they know I prepped them. Yes, yes. I'm like, I do. I do interrupt people. So, um, but go ahead and. So um, I am 55. I'm Sarah. And when I came back to the orphanage, I was 28. My mom and my dad started the orphanage in '64, uh, and so by the time I was 15, I had gone and lived in Long Beach and ha had a baby. Um, I came back, divorced, three kids, and very much knew I was going to be the Jonah in the boat. Mm -hmm. It was a Jonah. Sure. Why not? No. No. Jonah, Nehemiah, the, the one, one of them. Yeah, yeah, they're all in boats. The one, cool. the, the, you know, I'm like, this boat's going to sink if I work here. So I, I was just not going to work in ministry. I didn't want, I was just coming home so I didn't have to have a babysitter. Um, because of a, I, I, did, I wanted my kids to be safe. Um, so I was pretty much, I'm coming back to Mexico after living three blocks from the Queen Mary boat. And um, didn't really think that I could change. I felt I had made had to. When you said, "What was your worst sin?" You know, I've, I I was joking with them before the service <laughs> that they were going to share that. I didn't think she was yeah, going to seriously, no, no, but here no. we go. <laughs> no, because it's such a big part. Because when you have you consider yourself a sinner, and you think that God doesn't want you anymore because you didn't fall once or twice or three times. I didn't go to church for seven years, didn't think about it because I thought I've already made too many mis mistakes. God doesn't want me. So why would a ministry, how, how would I be a missionary? So it started because of the need. There was no beans. There was no rice. There was no shoes for the kids. And me coming from America, I'm thinking, why don't you buy the why don't we have it? But my mother is like Mother Teresa. She's, I don't think she sins. But no, no, you have to meet her mom, and she's about the same size as Mother Teresa. She is like the Mexican version of Mother Teresa. But she's, you touch her, you, everything's healed. Like my yeah, skin was clear, like gold. my hair grew back. She's amazing. She, she look at you, 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 you don't, yeah. She can look at you. She has the eagle eye, like, like this, but. Um, I said, this woman that doesn't sin and the Lord hasn't provided for her, I'm thinking I'm going to sink the boat because I'm a sinner, yet this holy woman doesn't get what she needs. 
So I knew it was a, a, a matter of work. Mm. I didn't think it was a matter of pray, right. because it's been prayed for, I'm sure. But I was like, I told the administrator, I said, I think that it's your fault because you, you don't work, you know? You just sit here, you don't call people and tell them that we need things. And of course, I'm the person that was away while she's there. And so I started thinking that when groups would come, she would bring them. Um, and we started just having groups come and that me being comfortable in not working with the mission, but telling the groups, hey, we need socks, we need underwear. I mean, we were really needed underwear. There was half of the, they, they would have to take a shower and then wear the same underwear because the other wear, underwear was, they only had two pairs, was all drying in the line. So that's how, because of the need, I started believing, well, maybe I can work for God if mm. I do this, that I'm only doing this. And then it just kept growing, seeing the Let needs. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. So... Was it almost like ministry helped repair the relationship with God? Oh, and, yeah. And brought, so ministry brought maturity at the kind of the... It showed me who he is. At the same time, which is really interesting for us. We're going to learn today. Like somebody like, oh, there's no sermon. The, no, there, there's yeah. a sermon today. It's just not going to be in the regular way. We tend to assume I got to get everything together and then God uses me. Sometimes. But a lot of times God's like, nope, I'll put you together while you're doing ministry. And some of us are on the sideline, and what you don't realize is doing ministry is what helps mature you, because it gets you outside of yourself. Too much of America is, I'm doing good if I can write a good devotion, put it on Instagram, and feel good about myself. Nothing to do with truly the ultimate of experiencing God. If you're going to experience God, you've got to do ministry with Him. I just love that story, and also it's a reminder of our deepest wounds usually become our greatest ministry. And you think, why did God allow it? Or I messed up and I wounded myself. But what you don't understand, God's like, yep, I'm going to take that. I'm going to heal it. And then you're going to go and help heal others. Don't run away from your wounds. Don't run away in shame. Let God's grace work in you. Because now that's your greatest, like, those wounds now provide so much compassion and, and passion to do ministry. So yeah. I just had to show that in that yeah. story. Yeah, it, it was, um, it took a couple years to mm. know that God... Um, he had, he had searched for me and he was welcoming me home and to be able to have gone through a horrible divorce, marriage, um, I was battered for eight years, but in another relationship, one of my, you'll never meet her so I can say it because she doesn't, anyway, uh, my oldest daughter was abused, and so I come back home to Mexico, you know, because I'm like, I'm not making right choices. I'm not going to allow my children to be hurt. I'm going to go where they can be safe. Mm -hmm. And that's all. My role as a mom needs to just, I'm going to be single forever. No man's going to. And so now... Now there's a women's shelter where before there were no women's shelter in the city for women that were battered. And I have to thank the person that <laughs> abused me, right? Because I released him and uh, mm. 
forgave him and I was able to go and, and say, you know, I need to give you a plaque because if it wasn't for you, the women's shelter wouldn't be there. He was like, you're so mean. I'm like, no, you beat me, I opened a shelter. That's good, no? That happened. And so it all works for good for those who love them. Mm. Um, I started working with teams and asking them for stocks, for underwear, for um, the things that the kids needed, for food, for child sponsorship, for, we even had a club, it was, um, I mean, we opened a, 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 a kind of propaganda club comida, because we were gonna, we didn't have any money extra for nothing. So we had the same support, um, and any monies that came in that were new, it was because we were promoting Club Comida. And I didn't trust the administrator. And I remember it had to be in gray. The numbers had to be gray. So we knew that was going straight for food. Right, right. And so um, God has blessed us a lot. Mm. And he has given us connections and connections. And it's seen that one church brings another church, brings another church or this person brings another person, and, mm -hmm. and, and God just created this huge family of supporters that now, you know, we have two campuses, we have the women's shelter running since 2003, we've been giving enough funds to build the first and maybe the second story of the women's shelter. Um, and it's painted right now, it's in construction, it's painted, it's got the tile down, the bathroom, and I just walk in there and go like, God, you did this. This is amazing, yeah. Yeah, and so I can say I did not, I don't have a position other than communicating with the Americans, and making sure they get the project, or, or they um, their materials are there, they have a translator, a driver, um, find people that need help uh, besides the orphanage because usually they stay for about a week the mission trips that come from Ohio Tennessee and so we connect them with families that need things gotcha. yeah. they just stay at the orphanage or they give a donation to the orphanage um, and we provide a project for them to do houses we build houses we repair walls, we um, re-roof, <laughs> we do a, a lot All of, kinds of stuff. Oh, we go to a terminally ill um, hospitals and mm -hmm. donate food, you know, um, also to an elderly home. Um, they have about 80, 120 or something uh, people there and um, the women's shelter. So, mm -hmm. and we're working with the migrant camps. So what God taught me about what I was supposed to do, it was to be a funnel, like a funnel to where mm. the blessings come in and they have to flow out. Nice. You can't, I, can, I could keep the, the, works, the works and the teams at the orphanage because we have a lot of work. Um, but I think for people to know who are visiting that out there, why, is, why are we an orphanage? Why is there a need for orphanages? They have to go out in the community and mm. serve the homeless, Oh, we do that too. We serve the homeless mm -hmm. with the teams that come. So just creating opportunities for the yeah. groups that come um, to really get awakened to the passion of what God 
God wants us to lead such an amazing, passionate life, caring for others. And we get so stuck in our own problems and our own things. And yeah. I think part of my job is to kind of shake them up. Open, open our eyes, and it does. And there's a vast, uh, there's a variety of ways that, that you guys do that. Uh, Cindy, different. Yeah. How God, and I love how God just brings us in in different ways. How did you get to yeah. where you're at now as far so, as... Obviously, I am not Mexican. I am not from Mexico. Um, I'm Cindy, and I'm from Indiana. And I got connected with TCM when I was a junior in college. And it's not some, like, magical story that I felt the Lord calling me to Mexico. Not at all. Um, I had an extra week of my winter break, and there were some different teams from my university going to different places. And I wanted to go on a trip to Belize because in Belize they speak English, and that just seemed wonderful. Everyone wants to go to Belize because they speak English, and it sounds wonderful. So there were some extra spots on this trip to Tijuana, Mexico, and I signed up with one of my friends to go, having no idea what was waiting for us. And that trip, it was more of, it wasn't a mission trip, it was more of like a service learning kind of trip. I remember that we were with Sarah, and she brought us to different places in the community, and I just fell in love with the kids first. Um, and then... Sarah was talking to us when we were there, and I was in college, and she just invited us to come down as an intern if we wanted to come down as a summer intern. And I went back to Ohio. I finished my school that semester, and that thought of Sarah inviting us back down just kind of kept coming back in my head. And I ended up as an intern that summer. And then it was kind of two years where I just kind of kept coming down for a week or a month, two months at a time. Um, and at this point, this Sarah's famous words, we were with a group, and Sarah said, this is Cindy from Indiana. She's going to come move down here for a year. She just doesn't know it yet. And I looked at her and I said, this lady's crazy, but okay. <laughs> but it truly was that one sentence that Sarah said that she says she doesn't remember telling me. I remember exactly where we were, that the Lord used to put that calling on my heart. And at that point I was teaching. I was teaching special ed in an inner city um, district in Ohio. And I was really confused because it just did not make sense to me why God would call me someplace else when I was in a job that was important. I was following, following his lead there. I was using all these gifts that he has given me and making a difference. I just could not understand why he would want to take me from that and bring me someplace else. So I, I spent two years just struggling and kind of fighting with the Lord, like, but why? I love Mexico, but do, do you really want me to do this? Or is this something I want to do? And at some point, I just quit asking other people for their opinions because, as you can imagine, there were lots of opinions all over the spectrum. And I remember it was in February that I called Sarah and I said, Sarah, like two years ago, you invited me to come down for a year. I'm ready. Do you still want me? And I don't even think she like took a breath. She said, great. Yeah. When? When do you want to come? Do you want to come like tomorrow, next week? And I said, okay, like calm down. I said, I don't want to be just an extra body that you're feeding there. Is there really a need for me? So I came down that summer, was there for a week. Um, in my American mind, just with this idea that I'm going to sit down with Sarah and we are going to have a plan for what I'm going to do this next nine months. Obviously that did not happen, but I sat down, I talked to her and I just remember seeing like, okay, well, we're going to do this. Sarah, as the mission is confirming that they want me here, I feel God calling me here. And I moved down for nine months and that was almost six years ago. In August, it will be six years since I moved down there. Um, so, I mean, I love it. Those kids, they're my family. My role there is, my primary role is um, child sponsorship program. 
So I answer emails, I run the child sponsorship program, I kind of help match people to the kids that they're going to sponsor and really try to build a relationship between the kids and the family sponsoring them, sometimes through visits when they're able to, sometimes the family lives far away or they're not able to visit and it might be through emails, through letters, but just, I love that part of my job because the kids feel so special. I mean, like you walk in their rooms and you see these pictures of like a random American family on their bed and it's like, people are like, who is that? Well, those are my sponsors. This is Bob and this is Nancy and they live in Indiana and these are their kids. And they feel so special knowing that this family loves me and they are praying for me. They sent me a book or a stuffed animal for my birthday. And I love being that connection between them. Um, but my other role, I'm also a caretaker. So I'm the caretaker right now for our teenage girls. I've kind of done it all over my last mm-hmm. five and a half years there. I've been with little kids. Yeah, sometimes cook on Saturdays, sometimes clean the bathroom, whatever <laughs> needs to be done. But um, I started out with the little kids, and at some point I was asked to move over temporarily to be with our high school girls just until we found someone else. That was about three years ago. Um, but I, I love it. I love, I always felt that my calling and my space was with little kids. I feel like that's where I like kind of come alive. But being with the older kids is so special. A lot of them, and I've known now for almost 10 years, some of them I've known in elementary school and they're getting ready to start college and being able to walk with them through some really, really hard things. um, But being able to kind of be their safe space that they can land when they need someone has been really hard, but a very, very big gift that the Lord has given me, being able to walk with them in that. I love in your story, again, as we're pulling out these things for us to learn too, where I think a lot of times in our mind, we have an assumption of who God's going to use in ministry. Oh, if you go down to Mexico, then you should already know Spanish. Did you know Spanish, Don? Not at all. I mean, I took it in high school, but that only gets you so far. (laughs) Yeah. Right? We have these assumptions. Be very careful when the Lord leads you in ways, oh, I don't have the finances. It's not the right stage of life. Oh, I don't have this. Or they wouldn't connect with me. Or they you're putting all these excuses in where God's like, no, if I've called you, then I'll equip you. You don't have to worry about that. And so just trusting him, I think a lot of us, we get caught in our own head and we say no to God because we have all these reasons. I don't notice that in the Bible, but when people argue with God, have you noticed they tend to lose? Usually, right? (laughs) There's never a time where God's like, ah, you got me, you're right. You know, didn't see that one. Um, And so just we're pulling these things that are in two different ways how God changes, uses us, how God literally brings us to him, matures us, something a little bit for, for everyone today. Um, what would you say right now, from your opinion, it might be different, you guys might share different things, but what are you kind of most excited about, either something that you've been doing for a while or something new, and what would you say is, in your opinion, um, your, your kind of biggest challenge right now that you're thinking through or praying through? Um, and again, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could just be like, this is a challenge, you know. It could be people stuff, finances, a ministry thing, working with the city. I don't know. But just where you're at, kind of here's my greatest joy or something I'm super stoked. And here's something that we're just praying or trying to figure out. Um, I mean, there are lots. For both of those things, I have tons of answers. But the first... You got 30 seconds. So. Yeah, the first no, thing that kidding. came to my head... Um, <laughs> I mean, so I'm there, I'm living 24-7 with our teenagers. So I think you said that, and the first thing that popped in my head was specific teenagers who I'm living with. Um, Something that I am just stoked and excited about right now is we're at this, like, stage where kids are finishing the school year, and 
This year, we have four kids who are graduating high school. And the four kids who are graduating could not be more different. And all four of them are kids who we have known since they were little. Um, one of them, his mom came into the women's shelter when he was a baby. Another one was a neighbor in our home first. The other two have lived almost 10 years in our home. Crazy, yeah. And all four of them are getting ready to start such new big things. One of them is probably going to Cancun, Mexico, because he got a scholarship to play football. Uh, one of them was accepted to one of the best colleges in the city. Another one's getting ready to start the military. And another one, she has this new dream that she wants to go to like beauty school and that she wants to start her own salon. Um, but these are kids. I mean, one of them, I look at him. I was with him all day yesterday, and I was like, I did not think you would get this far. <laughs> I mean, you, you, he's a kid that you just have to be honest with him. I remember I got, him. I got to stop. Don't you love it when, like, everyone thinks when you're doing ministry, you're super spiritual. And there's so many things I'm like, did not think that, did not mm. think God would do that, did not think God would yeah. do that. But you have to be like, oh, praise God. It's like, and you think back on it, and you're like, well, how did I miss that? How did I miss what God was doing there? But I remember this wow. kid in middle school. I have a specific memory of him going to beat up another kid, and I was the one there, and I had to grab him and just being like, oh, Lord, like... Please, and he has siblings, and in his siblings, I always saw where they were going in their life, and he was just mm. kind of lost sheep, and I was like, I, and I looked at him yesterday, and we had this really mature conversation that really surprised me with him, and I just looked at him in the eyes, and I said, I am so proud of you, and I said, I'm not going to lie, I did not think that we would get here, I did not think you would still be living here, because living in an orphanage, we see it all. You know, we have our dreams that we want for them, but they have come from such broken places that a lot of them, no matter what we do, we're planting seeds, and we are not going to be able to break them from these cycles that they've that they're stuck in. Or at in. least in that time, uh -huh. it's going to take, yeah, take more time. They now. will. They'll get there eventually. I trust the Lord's working in that. But He was one of them that I. To be completely honest, I thought He would run away by this point. I for sure thought He would run away and be making bad decisions somewhere. And just seeing who he is now, it's like, how did I miss that? But I'm so thankful that I still got to be here and that I get to see how the Lord is redeeming his story and redeeming his past. And a couple weeks ago, the same child opened up to me. I've known him for like eight years now. And he opened up for the first time about a lot of pain that he has lived through. We went to his mom's funeral with him a couple years ago and he never, he didn't remember mom. Wow. And just hearing those things and seeing where he is now, it's just like, God, you are so good. Like you are so good and thinking about the future that he now has for this kid. That just, that makes me really excited. Those, the four kids that we have graduating now just makes me really excited to see where they're going to go. And I think that's the beauty when we have a ministry, each of us, whether it's inside the church, outside the church, but something where you're serving with God over the long period, you don't give up. You stay faithful. Because some of us, we miss out on the miracle by two weeks, two months, or two years because we give up. And I want to encourage you with this. If God lays a ministry on your heart, Satan will try to distract you with good and bad things. Be wise. Is this from the Lord? From Satan? Is it distracting me from maybe a calling God has for me? But the fruit, if you stay faithful to the Lord, it will come. But some of it is the church just has to be tough and stick with it. I feel like, and that's where you guys are like, we just got to grind. I mean, ministry is a grind. It's a grind. But you give joy to people, you give hope to people, and that, we get to be a part of that. That's what's cool. We get to be a part of that yeah. in a small way, whether it's encouraging the kids or encouraging them. Like, whoever we can encourage, help in little ways. I just, I just love that. Greatest challenge in your mind maybe right now or something that you're, maybe not greatest, <laughs> but just something you're, you're yeah. praying and thinking through? Um, we have 
a child, one of our oldest kids, who not with us anymore. The thing is, our kids leave, and they're still our kids. We have a lot of kids. Yeah, that's, your family. It's yeah, family. and that's one of the, my biggest joys, too, is that we have kids who they are, for different reasons, not living with us. They're older. Some of them making great decisions, but they don't have someone else. There was a girl who she had a baby a couple months ago, and on the way to the hospital, she called me. She didn't have a mom to call, but she was on the way to the hospital oh. to have her baby. Um, there are a couple kids outside of our home right now who, Sarah and I were reflecting on this on the way here, that are just going through some really, really, really hard deep things um, that I, I, just as we walked in, we were still talking about it, Sarah and I, and I told her, I said, you know, this one situation I'm walking through is one of our kids right now. I said, the Lord has been so good to me, giving me freedom and taking away any guilt that I feel mm. um, and helping me feel strong and walking through this with him. But there are situations that it's just like, Lord, what do we do? Where's our part in this? And yeah. we, it's so hard sometimes. Um, like we were just talking in our small group here that when we, your last question, I said, I think a mature Christian, a lot of that has to do with realizing that I can't, that I can't, and I'm not enough and I'm never going to be enough, but the Lord is. And I think for me right now, I'm walking through a couple situations with different kids that I just have to recognize I can't. I've done everything I can up to here and the rest it's in the Lord's hands. And it's really hard to watch our kids suffer and hurt, but just just put all the trust in the Lord and know that He's taking care of them better than we ever can. And isn't that something for all of us where I think we tend to think we can control more than we realize in mm -hmm. life, rather than where do we end and God begins? Exactly. You know, as far as just like that that's it, where we try to I'll do but it's tough because it's one of those things of there's great comfort in that, but it stresses us out too. Um but we have to figure that out otherwise we get in God's way a lot of times and make maybe the situation worse. Yeah. That's, that's tough when it's like, I can't. Yeah. That's just, difficult. Just, yeah. With, and with so many, with so many kids that have come from so many different backgrounds, there are always things happening. Yeah. Const and constantly. Yeah. Constantly. And there's constantly, and I think how it affects us as staff and as their support people kind of changes. You know, I think some situations are harder on us than others, but there's just always things that they're going through. And I think, I think right now the Lord is, sending us through a time of trial. I think that there's a lot of kids mm. passing through a lot of hard things right now. And so our, our job is just to be faithful and to love them and just recognizing that that's all we can do. Uh, with that, as you guys are thinking and this through and taking this in, uh, I'd love for us then to be committed to be praying for them too, as a church. And we meet on Wednesday mornings. We do it online. You can go on our Facebook page and click and link in. And, but some of you can't make that time. Uh, but just praying throughout the week, you're hearing what they're going through. Um, and where they need prayer, so that we're lifting up prayer. Here's another thing, too, uh, that I've thought about. I don't think I've shared with you guys, but I would love for us as a church to be generous financially to where we can give them little mini vacations as needed, getting something nice here, something like there, because I feel like what I've seen with missionaries that I've known, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but um, just the exhaustion that usually you get into missions because you want to serve, and sometimes my per our personalities can be um, we put ourselves last because we always want to serve. But those good intentions can lead to all of a sudden not taking care of ourselves. One of the things I remember lifeguarding, what they said is um, when you rescue someone, if you're going to be in danger and hit like a rock or a pile, they said, always put that person between you and the danger. But in our minds, when we were being trained as lifeguards, I'm like, that's dumb. We should take it with lifeguards. I'll hit the, if we hit the rock, I'll do it. They're like, no, 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 because then that's two victims we have to rescue. Same thing in ministry. I've seen many people as they get older, quit ministry 
or just because there's two victims. They've been taking care of others, taking the hit, and no one's taking care of them. So financially, as you're thinking through generosity, things like that, as you get to the church, we're thinking about ways just we would love to make sure that you guys are, and we'll ask you, but just ways we'd be like, hey, we'll make sure you guys are taken care of for the long haul. Uh, too. That's a big deal for our church, really big deal. So I'll uh, be thinking, praying about that. What up for you? Think the joy and then the challenge right now at this stage for you. The joy, I, I is like Cindy says, seeing the change in some of the kids, um, seeing God work and show himself to the kids. Ian is one of the kids that is out there. Don't know how old he is. He's like four. Um, we were going on a road. Uh, we're we're going on a road trip, and so my sister and I, and he's little, and he wanted to sit right here where there's no seat. Not safe, but I let him. Yeah. Flexico, Mexico. We'll take that off the video. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so he was just talking and talking and talking, and I have like 20 kids in the car, and, and I'm just like, okay. And, and I saw there's, when you're going through Rosarito, there's a big Christ, like in Buenos Aires, the Argentina, is it? Mm-hmm. So we were passing it, and I was like, say hi to Jesus. And, and he said, Jesus, I said, Jesus is God. And he says, no, Jesus is my friend. But he, God, he's another one because he's so big. Yeah, yeah. He's so, so big. And I'm driving, you know, and I'm looking at him. I said, that's God, too. So it's t- explain Trinity four-year-old to a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, theology. But I love how it's like, oh, that's my friend. Like, so yeah. Like, he yeah. says, no, because God comes in my room at night when I'm scared. I'm scared of, of the dark, and he, he comes, and he's so big, and he goes all around my room, my bed, but he comes around me, and he was touching himself. He says he comes, and he just keeps me safe, and so I know God because he comes in my room at night, and there's other ones behind him, and they're just behind, and they're so pretty, talking about angels. Now, I'm bawling. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Miss Sarah, why are you bawling? Oh. <laughs> I just love, I just wow. love that yeah. moment. Because, I mean, as much as I love to host the groups and, and cook Saturdays sometimes, we don't have a cook on Saturdays, and do this and do that for the ministry, go do the deposits, go do this, run and get the food, run in. That's why I'm there. Mm. So that God shows up in the kid's life and that he can recognize it. Yeah, yeah. And he's excited and he can see angels. And that's, I'm, I'm excited to see that, to see mm. new families coming in that are very hurt um, and see how God is using Cindy, using the staff, mm. using everybody to heal those patches and, and love on them. Uh, challenge that you're thinking through or praying through right now for you? Um, there's, like Cindy says, there's always challenges. I mean, I could name you a lot, but the most, I think, challenge that we have is finding the right people to come and serve alongside of us in the ministry. Longer term? Long term, uh, because 
I mean, I was raised in an orphanage, so I basically know what I need to do in every situation. She's been with us 10 years, um, on, you know, total time. She knows, she, I was trying to say that we're so in sync, I know what you're gonna say, or yeah. I know what your answer will be. Mm. But in order for to have our staff just starting, starting to, um, okay, when they come, let them be already halfway there. We, my mom is a lot, oh, she needed to work, so we're gonna have her be the caregiver of the little girls. Like, mom, she's, she was on drugs last week. <laughs> God will help her. Oh, that sounds like your mom, yeah. I'm like, trust the Lord. Yeah, yep. just, you don't know. And so right now we were, our biggest challenge, I think it's equipping gotcha. the staff, okay. which we're doing. Equipping them, being their yeah. supportive. Yep. If they're going through something in their family, support them. They're going through something personally, supporting them. Mm. Also bringing in people from the outside to teach them, um, teach them how to deal with. Yeah. This is a new world. Yep. The hurt that we knew 10, 15 years ago, it's, it's a whole another level. So we're getting kids that are suicidal. We're getting kids that are having suicide thoughts that they, they don't want to commit the yeah. suicide, but uh, we um, have kids that have been trafficked. I mean, we have yeah. kids. And, and how, do so, how do you deal with all so that? As complex. a caregiver, yeah. all you're seeing is somebody who's not behaving that needs to behave because we are an orderly home. If we say, let's go over here, we mm. gotta go over here um, and, and go for them to understand the deepness yeah. of their commitment to our kids. Mm. We need committed workers, because we, we get a lot of workers, but spiritually, we, and we have to be the ones guiding them. So it's a, cha it's a challenge. That's a, that's a challenge. So um, this is why I'm excited about the partnership. I don't know exactly the role a church plays, and not everything you do if God's calling you has to be centralized to come through us. You can go directly to them. Um, but I think it'd be good for us to know as a church where we fit in financially. Maybe for some of us, spending a summer there, spending a year there, praying and thinking through, is God going to want to transition me? Um, but uh, lots of needs, and the needs will always be there. And I don't know if it's our church that fills them, other churches, we're not the only one, but something where we can think through our role with that um, would be, there's so much more, um, we're just running out of time. Uh, so we'll have to have you guys back up here um, and just continue to share and, and learn from you. Um, we're just, we're thankful. Um, and um, we really do want to partner. So if you have ideas where we can help, sometimes we don't know. Um, just, you know, letting us know and things like that. Um, so today what I want to promote is uh, their child sponsorship program, which is really detailed in this pamphlet. They have a website that's on there. You can go to their website, start giving regularly, $50 uh, a month. Uh, and what's great is you can contact them. And remember that this ministry is about love and hope. These are kids that at an early age, Satan has been trying to destroy their souls by bringing them up in chaos and um, abandonment. And it's, every, it's holistic ministry. The $50 is for spiritual teaching them. I just think it's awesome. These kids have scholarships. Satan tried to kill them and destroy them. 
These kids are walking with him. Scholarships, they'll be a part of society. That's phenomenal. You can participate with that. Um, and so it's a real simple way. I mean, everything from like, I think uh, there's a room for dental work. I mean, just holistically taking care of these kids and giving them hope, right? And so um, that's where that money goes. I'd love for many of us uh, to get involved and um, make that a regular part of our lives. And when you go and visit, you're right there. You're not visiting a kid that's halfway across the world. I did from Compassion, a kid in Africa from childhood all the way up until he graduated. And we wrote, but I was never able to see him. And so um, it's pretty cool in that capacity. So you got child sponsorship. We have a table back there that Laura Lee uh, put together. So thank you, Laura Lee, for that. It's wonderful. You can check that out. You can talk to them after the service. They'll be chilling, uh, kicking it. So at least say hi, thank you if you want to talk to them. Um, we'll spend some time uh, relaxing here. Lots for you to pray through, think through. We have our trip in June, and it's on our website. You can sign up for that, see more of it, experience more of it. Um, and I want to end with, uh, with this. Um, Bethany and Aiden, go ahead and start. We've got to move things around. So I'll let you guys go ahead and sit down, get ready for worship. Um, let's give them a hand, you guys. Thank you, guys. So as we, as we enter into worship, as good and awesome as you guys are, what we all recognize is it's God that's good. This is who we worship. And uh, it's a privilege um, to serve. It's a privilege to give. It's a privilege to sacrifice. It's a privilege to pray. So there's no stress in as far as it's God that's going to do it all. We just get to participate. And so I hope there's joy in that uh, for you. I want to end with this because we, we asked that question, right? What is like ultimate spirituality? Well, the Bible has some opinions on that. Uh, James 1.26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongue, deceive themselves. The religion is worthless. So he's saying part of it is um, when you become a Christian, you should begin to control your mouth. What used to destroy should build up. What used to devour should now feed. Uh, our words become more kind, gracious. We don't speak at times now where we used to speak. There's self-control, right? But he goes on to say, religion that our God, our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after those who are orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. It's a clear mandate. I hope this isn't a season for our church where we get stoked about missions in Mexico or supporting an orphanage and then in a year from now, it's like we're on to other things. I'd love for this to be a lifelong thing. I love that when I'm done being a pastor here or when we're, it's the next generation that takes over this church, it's just still going. It's a part of our DNA to be in for the long haul. My prayer is that you get to sponsor someone and you see them get married, graduate, go do ministry. Now you get to be a part of that because that is what puts a smile on God's face. Saying you got it. You get it. I saved you and you get it because you're going and trying to help and save others by the grace of God. So Jesus, we come before you now and uh, Lord, we just, we worship you. You are good. You work in Mexico. You work in America. You work all over the world. And sometimes our eyes are on what's happening politically and financially. And we're like, ah, oh, evil's winning. No, it's not. You win. You've already won. And we're on the winning team. We got to act like it. We got to get off the sideline. We're not called to be cheerleaders. We're called to be participants. 
And I pray that all of us would find great joy. May we obey the role you called us to, God. If you called us to do something, then we obey you, God, because you are good. And we worship you now in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com.